Amen. So good. Hey, friends. Good, <laughs> good to see you again. Uh, excited about today. It's, it's the, the final week of this conversation that we've been having uh, here at the new year throughout the month of January uh, around this idea of sharing. Uh, but it's also... Uh, one of the four Sundays a year that, that we have a fifth Sunday. We have five Sundays in the month of January. And one of the things that we decided uh, last year was that every fifth Sunday, it we would declare that to be a celebration Sunday. It would be a day that we just celebrated uh, different things. Celebration is kind of one of our four C's that we've talked about as part of our vision of sharing life together in Christ. It's about uh, connection and collaboration and commission and celebration. And so today is one of those days where we want to focus in on, on celebrating on celebrating what God has done and what God is doing and what God wants to do. And so I'm so thankful for Debbie coming and sharing uh, just that powerful message with us this morning about ways that God is working and ways that we can be a part of that and, and how God's going to bless that. Uh, one of the things that I think uh, is, is so powerful for us to do, especially uh, at the beginning of the new year, is, is to hear stories uh, from people in our congregation. And uh, many of you know that we've been talking about um, the one word uh, process here at the church and just uh, how that's been impactful for so many. And so I just I asked a few folks to share this morning uh, just how God was working in their life through, uh, through this idea of, of, of allowing God to give you a word for the year that will kind of guide you. And so uh, we've got a video that, that we're going to watch and uh, you'll get to hear from some of the folks in our congregation about how God's working in their lives. So, so watch this. family. This is Beverly Wilkinson, your director of adult ministries. As you know, we just wrapped up our one word series for this year and God was moving in our congregation. I've had the blessing of hearing what some of your one words are for this year and I would like to share them with you. Judy Matthews said that her one word for this year is grow. She discovered this word so that she may live worthily of the Lord and please him in all respects, growing in the knowledge of God. Melanie Watson said that her one word is kindness. Her goal for this year is to apply this in practice with God's grace and goodness. Chris Yawn said that her one word is declutter. She plans to declutter her physical and spiritual space that are not to God's liking. Finally, my word for this year is restore. I've really struggled in my faith this past year, so I plan to take intentional time to restore my relationship with God. We have more one word video testimonies after this video to share with you. Thank you to everyone who shared their testimonies with us and I hope that you enjoy them. I'm Judith. My 2021 word is rise. I was certain for a couple of weeks that my word was awake. Then one morning when I awoke, I decided to remain in bed a while longer. A thought immediately came to mind and I spoke it aloud. Being awake is useless if I don't rise out of my bed. That moment changed and cemented my one word direction. This year, I want to rise to a higher level of praising God in everything. To rise out of my moments of deep despair. To rise from my gloominess to light. Jesus said in Matthew 5, my paraphrase, you are the light of the world. A city on a hill can't be hidden. Neither is a lamp lit and put under a basket. I want to rise and let shine on and through me 
in praise so others may see his good works and glorify him. I have two scriptures I'm using with my word. One is Ephesians 5, 13 and 14. That's in the voice. And my other is, my secondary is Psalm 139, the entire chapter. I've also chosen a hymn, When Morning Gilds the Skies. My name is Debbie, and my word this year is choice. And I think the word actually was choosing me started before the beginning of the year. It started with a sermon from Pastor Trey, and I can't remember what it was about, but when I realized that for me to love somebody, it was my choice. You don't ask to love somebody, or you don't just fall in love with somebody. It was a choice. And as I've thought about this and a few other things, I've learned that I have got to decide and make my own choices in life and not rely on other people to make my choices for me. It is my choice to take care of my health now. It's my choice to take care of the girls. I chose to do these things and it's my choice. So my verse is Deuteronomy 30 verses 19 and 20. I call heaven and earth to witness against you today, but I have set before you life and death, blessing and curse. Therefore, choose life that you may and your offspring may live loving the Lord, your God, and obeying his voice and holding fast to him. For he is your life and length of days that you may dwell in the land that the Lord swore to your fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob, to guide you. Thank you. Hi, my name is Julie. Um, and for my 2022, one word, I have chosen the word adapt. Um, I've gone through a lot of changes in the past several months and past year uh, that have really required me to look at what is God wanting me to do um, and not seeking his plan on how to adapt and accept and make changes that are both positive and pleasing to him. Um, my verse is Romans 12:2. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. And the song that I chose is Why Me, Lord. So my one word for the year is silence. And the scripture that was that comes along with that is Lamentations 3.28, let him sit alone in silence for the Lord has laid it on him. So how I got my one word is a book that I started reading at the beginning of the year, um, some writings of Mother Teresa. And uh, my purpose was trying to get closer to God. And in the reading, she reiterated uh, silence. Silence is important so that you can hear God and listen to God. And so, um, and normally my day's filled with um, noise and talking all day, whether it's TV, radio, or people. And then when there's not out, outer noise, there's inner dialogue constantly 
or I'm singing along with the radio or humming, but there was never a time in my day where God could get a word in edgewise. So when I realized silence was my word, I started, the first day I tried to practice that was on my way to work in the car, and instead of having the radio on um, to listen to music and sing along with the radio, I left it off and I focused on silence um, with a purpose because later on that night I was supposed to be in a Zoom meeting uh, with a team planning for the next women's retreat in Bishop of Springs. And he wanted us to come that night with scripture and activities um, in alignment with the theme Soul Sunrise. So in my silence in the car on the way to work, um, God gave me an activity, um, stained glass project, um, referring to our souls being broken. And then he put us back together and made us whole, made us even more beautiful than we were before. And then later on that night at the Zoom meeting, uh, he also gave me a message with that. And while we were in the Zoom meeting and I shared the activity and the message to go along with it, the coordinator uh, said, you just gave me chills because we just had stained, a whole lot of stained glass donated to us. And so that's right then and there, I knew the confirmation that one, that was my one word for the year and it had already bared fruit. and. It was truly meaningful. Hi, I'm Miss Cookie, and I probably have the strangest one word that you've ever going to hear. My one word is actually lighthouse. I'm an Eastern Shore Maryland girl, and I grew up around lighthouses, and I always figured them as a show of strength. A lighthouse's job is to keep you safe and to lead you to safety and to keep you from danger. And I have looked at God as my lighthouse. He sends off beams. He protects me. And he just takes care of me and leads me in the right way and hope I do use my common sense to lead, to do the job at hand. The one verse that I could find was John 8:12. Again, Jesus spoke to them saying, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will bear the light of life. And I, I keep going back to Pastor Trey's sermon oh, several weeks ago when he was talking about being in the total darkness and looking for that light at the end of the tunnel. That's why I just keep looking for that light from my lighthouse. Thank you. Can we give thanks to God for those? I just love that. That's one of the greatest blessings as, as a pastor to hear stories of how God is working in, in your life and in our life together. One, uh, this morning I had someone come in and, and share a story with me, a, a God sighting. And uh, it just always encourages me in my faith and, and inspires me uh, to, to keep on. So, so thank you for that. I want to just thank y'all so much for sharing a little bit of yourselves and how God's working in and through your life. Um, we need those stories. We need to be reminded uh, that, that God is active and working in our lives and in our midst. Uh, that's that's kind of what I want to talk about today and what I want to focus on as we as we continue and kind of bring to a close this this conversation about sharing. Uh, you remember we've been talking about three big rocks that uh, we want to focus on this year, these three building blocks for 2022 that that will be kind of an expression of of the vision that God's given us of sharing life together in Christ and and these three things that point to the one word which is 
sharing. Uh, three things we talked about were sharing meals, sharing ministry, and sharing me. Uh, the first week we talked about the importance of sharing meals, uh, acknowledging God's presence and provision and power in that sacred space and that sacred time that we have around the table. Uh, last week we talked about uh, the importance of sharing ministry, it, it really engaging in our God-given identity and purpose as members of the body of Christ, engaging in, in Christ-centered community uh, where each person does their part. And so, so today, I, I want to talk for just a few minutes about what it looks like uh, to, to practice this idea of sharing me. Uh, and, and the ladies that shared in our video, I think, have already illustrated this for this illustrated this for us in a powerful way. We've talked about how one word has the one word from God God's word has the power to change our lives and it's one thing for for me to say it but it's another for us to hear about what that really looks like when people uh, in their lives. So um, so here's a little phrase that I came up with this week that I wanted to share with you that kind of embodies this idea of sharing me. Sharing me is about sharing your life with others in life together here and then sharing your life together with others in your life. Does that make sense? Let me read it one more time. Sharing me is about sharing your life with others in life together and sharing your life together with others in your life. It's about this lifestyle of, of invitation, inviting people into your life and then so that we can invite others into that life together that we share with one another and with Christ. It's about inviting others into your life in such a way that others might be invited into our life together. It's about answering the call of Christ to come and follow me and, and to come unto me and I will give you rest so that together we can uh, share in the, the commission of Christ to, to go and tell and then to invite others to come and see. Come and see what God has done. Come and see what God is doing. See, that's the, the powerful thing about the one word process is it's not just a powerful tool for personal transformation. It's, it's a powerful tool for personal relational evangelism. And now uh, I want to address that word evangelism for just a minute because uh, I think for, for many of us, there's kind of this stigma around that word, uh, both inside and outside the church. And, and the reason why I think that's true is because, uh, like I shared a little bit about last week, there there's many times where we as the church have gotten this wrong. I think many of us could probably attest to having some bad experiences when it comes to evangelism. Uh, we've been on the... Uh, the giving end or the, the receiving end of, of faith sharing. And sometimes it's, it's not a great experience, uh, if we're honest. Uh, can anybody relate to that? Uh, I, I found these, uh, these videos this week made by the Billy Graham Foundation that are called That Awkward Moment When You Share Your Faith. <laughs> and I thought, it was pretty, I thought they were pretty funny and, and it's pretty true when we think about faith sharing. So I wanted to share one of them with you real quickly uh, this morning. So let's watch this and see what you think. Jim, Robert, hey, hey. 
Hi, Jim. Treat you. Anybody that that's when the preacher talks about uh, evangelism or sharing your faith, anybody that kind of, kind of first thing that comes to mind. <laughs> so um, th there, there are some other funny ones that were on there. That was the one I thought was the best. But um, I think it's important for us to kind of address that, that maybe when we talk about sharing our faith and when we talk about evangelism, that's kind of what is in the back of our mind, that that's what we have to do. Uh, I think sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ with someone has become kind of a kind of a misnomer in our culture, and it's kind of a far cry from what I think it meant in the early church. And, and I think that uh, many times what we would describe now as, as sharing Christ with someone is it really boils down to uh, feeling like we have to give them a lot of information or, or possibly giving them the hard sell on, on fire insurance or, or apologetically inviting them to some church function that maybe we're not sure if we wanna go to either. Uh, I think that that understanding not only makes us feel like we have to have all the right answers, but it also makes us feel like we have to get the right response every time. And so maybe that's why we have all this pressure on us. And so, so what do we do with that? Because we know that sharing our faith, that evangelism is, is not an option, that that's really part of who we are and what we're called to do. But, but how do we get over this idea of feeling like uh, like like we have to be like a good good teacher and say all the right things at all the right times, or or like a good salesman, we have to make the perfect pitch and close the deal every time. I no wonder the word evangelism strikes fear in the hearts of of folks like you and me inside the church, and and no wonder evangelism strikes a sour note in the ears of people outside the church. I think uh, this idea of sharing our faith has been reduced to to people in the church having to say things they don't wanna to say to people outside the church who don't wanna hear it. And I wonder how we've gotten so far from, from it being about the good news. You know, the, in the Bible, the word gospel literally means good news. And, and the word evangelism comes from the Greek word euangelion, which means to bring a message of good news to someone. What, what I feel led to, to declare today, to remind us of as the people of God is this, the gospel isn't about information. <laughs> it's about transformation. It's not having to say all the right things at all the right time to get the right response. Sharing the gospel isn't about peddling a product. It's about the power and purpose of God in someone's life, in, in my life and in your life. It's about us sharing in that together. Does that make sense? It isn't this simple exchange of information. It's about engagement and invitation. It's about inviting someone into your life with Christ and into our life together in Christ because we know we all, we all need it. In fact, one of the best definitions of evangelism I've ever heard is this famous quote by by an evangelist named D.T. Niles. Maybe you've heard it before. He said this, evangelism is simply one beggar telling another beggar where to find food. Have you heard that before? I love that definition because it's, it, it breaks down that barrier of us and them. And it's, it's about we. 
Think about that for just a minute. I bet that if you found an incredible restaurant, right, where the, where the food was great and the it was the best food in town and the best price in town, what would you want to do? You'd want to share that with everybody you know, right? If you're a fan of a particular sports team, you're not worried about uh, sharing that with anyone who will listen, whether they want to hear it or not, right? And inviting them to be a part of it. If you found a great gym and it's helped you reach all your goals, you're going to text your friends, you're going to post it on Facebook. Why? Because you're proud, you're excited. You've experienced something that's changed your life and you want other people to experience too, right? So, so I wonder... I wonder if that's how we've viewed evangelism in the church. If that's how we've practiced sharing in our faith. And if not, why? Why not? Have we forgotten that, that it's good news? What if when it comes to evangelism and sharing our faith, we ask the question, is it better to give or receive? And, and we discovered as we've been discovering throughout this series that the real answer to that question is yes. It's about sharing. It's not about us and them. It's not about us having to give and them having to receive this message of good news. It's about us sharing this life together, this new life that's available to us in and through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, life abundant, life eternal. What if our attitudes and our actions communicated that? What if we took the posture of, I'm not any different than you. I'm not any better or any worse. I've just found something that's changed everything for me. And I wanna share it with you because I know you need it just as much as I do. That's the truth, isn't it? In the truth, we're, we're all struggling, we're all searching, we're all starving for meaning in life, we're all starving for, for passion and purpose, we're all starving for authentic relationships, and we know that the place we can go to find all this and more is in a relationship with, with God through Jesus. We know that there's a place where you can go to, to learn and to live this out and to, to lean into this idea of life abundant and eternal. That it takes place within the context of this thing we call church, life together in Christ with others. What difference would it make in our lives and the lives of those around us if we saw evangelism and, and sharing our faith in that way, sharing our life, sharing our story. Because here's the thing, we can, we can argue over information, we can squabble over, over scripture interpretation, we can debate the finer points of faith, but no one, no one can deny a life that's been transformed by Christ through the power of of the Holy Spirit, amen? I love the story in John's gospel where they're, they're arguing over uh, who sinned and who Jesus is and the man born blind steps in and he simply responds by saying this. He replied, whether he's a sinner or not, I don't know, but one thing I do know, I was blind and now I see. Nobody could argue with that, right? Nobody could argue with, with a life that had been transformed 
and the implications of that, that God was actually working in that person's life. That's good news. With all that in mind, I want to read for you our little vision verse one more time. 1 Thessalonians 2, 8, it says, Because we loved you so much, we were delighted to share with you not only the gospel of God, but our lives as well. Throughout this series, we've been talking about how in the New Testament book of Acts, we find this powerful picture of sharing life together in Christ. We read a some powerful verses from, from Acts chapter 2 that have illustrated the ideas of, of sharing that we want to focus on this year, sharing meals and sharing ministry. And, and so today I want to read for you that whole passage from beginning to end. And, and I hope what you'll see is not just this idea of sharing me, but I hope what you'll see is that the fruit of focusing on all three of these aspects of, of sharing together, how all three of these big rocks point powerfully to this expression of God's vision for us as God's people, of sharing life together in Christ. So I want you to hear this God's word for us today. Acts chapter two, verses 42 through 47. It says, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teachings and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together. They had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who was in need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Now, first, I want you to notice what it didn't say. It didn't say they devoted themselves to, to knocking on doors and handing out pamphlets. Not that there's anything wrong with that. It didn't say they sold property and possessions to add to the evangelism budget. It didn't say all the believers saw people as projects uh, that they needed to save or, or products they, that needed to be acquired or, or assimilated. It, it, instead, it simply says this. It says they shared in the things of God together, the apostles' teachings and fellowship and prayer. It said they shared common goals and shared in the common good. They, they gave generously of themselves and they shared with those in need. They shared meals. They shared ministry. They shared me. They shared this excitement about God and, and they shared uh, in the joy of the people. And then the very last verse, did you hear it? This is the fruit of their fellowship, their life together. It said, then the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. What are the implications of that for us in our life together? What might that look like for you and me and us as the body of Christ? Well, as you think about that and allow God to speak to your heart, I just want to close with a story today. This this may not apply to you or to even to this idea, but this is just how God is, is growing me right now, and I want to share it with you. Last December, we decided to do uh, some Christmas caroling in the neighborhood over here behind the church, and I was so excited about it. One, because I love to sing and I love Christmas carols, but number two, I thought that this would be a, a, a great opportunity for us to share our faith with our neighbors, and, and we had already made some, some cards, little cards with the 
Christmas Eve services on them. We were handing them out during Advent, and I was inviting everyone to share those with someone in their life. And so I thought, well, this is a great opportunity for, for, for me to do this. And, um, and we could take these cards and pass them out to people as we sing Christmas carols to them, and it would be great. And so I was so excited about it. And we, that night came and we got together. We got on that big old trailer and we headed like merry missionaries into Salem Creek. And, uh, and we were singing Christmas carols at the top of our lungs. And, and um, we were having a great time. We pulled up at the first house and, and we pulled up at the house with the most Christmas lights because we figured that the houses with the Christmas lights would be the most receptive, right? Like you couldn't put out a bunch of Christmas lights and then uh, yell at the Christmas carolers and tell them to get off your lawn, right? So, uh, so we got out there, and the first family, we knocked on the door, and they, some of the kids ran up there and knocked on the door, and, and they, uh, this family came out. We started singing, and I realized I had forgotten to bring the cards with me to invite people to church, and I felt like a failure. I was so bummed the rest of the night. I'd, I thought, you know, I'd failed church, the church and the community, and I'd failed Jesus, and, and I, was, I, was talking to my, uh, I was talking to my buddy, uh, my brother, my good friend, John Weaver, uh, maybe it was the next day, maybe it was the next week, I can't remember, but I was telling him my, my faith-sharing fail. And, uh, and what he said to me, I appreciated so much, and, and he said, you know what, Trey, maybe, maybe that's okay. Maybe, maybe just sharing some Christmas cheer with, with folks without any strings attached did more than you'll ever know uh, for the folks that were, were blessed by you just sharing the gift of, of singing with them that night. And, and I thought back to that night, and I remembered seeing the smiles on those people's faces, and, and there were some tears in the eyes of a few of them. And as I reflected on that, and as I prayed about it and thought about it, I wondered if maybe someone closed their door that night and, and remembered the words of those songs better than whatever words would have been on that card that I didn't hand out. And I wondered, what if, what if the gift of God's message of good news through singing offered without trying to sell them something or get them to come to church, what if that made more of an impact on them than anything else? What if, what if a seed was planted that night? What if a, a door literally was opened <laughs> to future connections, maybe to the building of relationships because it was authentic? Because instead of giving them something, we we shared in the joy of the season together. No strings attached. Now, I wanna be clear, there, there is a time to speak and to share and to invite and all of those things. And that's something actually that I want us to, to focus on and, and pray about and really seek and pray about and really seek to do in this new year of 2022. Last year, our one word was together, and we talked about building community together. And this year, I believe that word is sharing because we, we continue to do that building, but, but also we, we, we reach out to share with folks what we, we have in Christ. But I think this is a starting point. And so my point today is this. I believe that the world, in the world that we live in now, sharing the good news of God's grace in Jesus Christ begins with what looks less like the video we watched about the awkward moments and more like the video we watched of our friends sharing what God is doing in their lives through their one word. 
That's my hope for our fellowship family that, that will make sharing me a primary focus this year as an expression of sharing life together in Christ with no strings attached. Just one beggar telling another beggar where to find some bread. Amen? Let's pray together. God, we do thank you for the good news of grace that is ours in Jesus Christ, that, that you loved us so much that you sent your one and only son to be with us, to live among us, to die for us, to be, be raised from the dead and, and to give us victory over sin and death once and for all through him. God, we thank you for the gift of community where we get to come and be reminded of who we are and whose we are and what life is all about, life abundant, life eternal, life together in and through your son Jesus, through the power of your Holy Spirit. We thank you for that good news. Lord, help us to, to share that with others in authentic ways, in ways that we would share not only the, the gospel but our lives as well. God, whatever that looks like, help us to be open to your leading today and tomorrow and every day so that our lives might bear fruit for your kingdom. Lord, we love you and we thank you. We pray all this in Jesus' name, amen. As we sing our closing song today, you might wanna come and uh, pray. The altars are gonna be open. Uh, if you'd like to come and pray, if you'd like somebody to pray with you, I would love to do that. Uh, if you just wanna pray by yourself, I'll leave you alone, I promise but these altars are open. You may wanna pray in your seats or you may just wanna sing the words to this closing song, but with these last few minutes, uh, let's just be open to what God might wanna do in our hearts and minds and lives. Would you stand as we sing?